This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Robert Riley, an interventional cardiologist and director of the Complex Coronary Therapeutics Program at Overlake Medical Center and Clinics in Bellevue, Washington. Dr. Riley, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. A lot is happening in the cardiology space, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, absolutely. I um, was born and raised in East Tennessee, uh, Knoxville, to be exact, uh, educated throughout the Southeast, a uh, little university named Furman University in South Carolina, and then medical school at the University of Virginia, uh, then did my uh, internal medicine training at the University of Washington for several years, and then back out east to Wake Forest University for cardiology training, uh, and then back to the University of Washington for uh, several years of subspecialty training uh, in interventional cardiology and uh, complex coronary artery disease management. Got it. Wow, what a, a fascinating career journey. And would you say um, East Coast or West Coast is better? Mm, that's a good question. Well, it depends on who's listening to the podcast. If my family, <laughs> parents are listening, it's East Coast all the way. But uh, if, if, if we're able to keep this away from them, I mean, I think everybody knows it's the West Coast. I don't think, I mean, that's, that's not even a question, right? Yeah, West there's, Coast there's a reason is the best we keep moving back. absolutely well from my vantage point here in chicago i am sure you know both of them definitely pale in comparison to the midwest so (laughs) well fair enough fair enough we don't we don't have those lake views that you guys have exactly um well perfect i i wanted to ask you while i have you here on the podcast today what are some of the biggest issues that you're following healthcare today and what do you really think is going to make an impact on how healthcare is delivered going forward Sure. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, I, I practice a very niche subspecialty of cardiology, but um, some of the bigger trends that we're seeing right now really affect everything from our general care all the way down to some of the subspecialty care. I think the biggest thing really that we're following is uh, the sort of crisis we're having in healthcare delivery, realistically. And we used to look at that as just we don't have enough insurance sort of products for people, but really it's even beyond that at this point where we don't have enough people. Uh, to actually help us deliver care in the way that's needed. We are running short on nurses, technologists, medical assistants, you name it, uh, all the way uh, through physicians. Uh, So really all members of the healthcare team uh, we're facing major shortages of, and that's really impacting our delivery of care, our ability to sort of get people what they need into the office in a timely manner, procedures, all these different things. And so uh, it's really hard uh, to get people what they need these days because we just don't have enough workers. Um, I think that what we're finding is, is that it's not because of COVID. I think what it is, is that we had a bunch of problems pre-COVID and COVID's really just flushing it out, uh, really just bringing it to the surface. And I think um, we're behind the eight ball on addressing a lot of these issues. But I do think there's finally been some recognition uh, and there's been some some sort of change happening. But again, this, this is going to be affecting us for a long time in every of medical care delivery. Got it. Absolutely. And I think that's so interesting to think about in terms of especially the staffing issues and the the potential challenges, even as, you know, the actual virus may be subsiding to some degree, but Mm -hmm. really the after effects of that and what it means for healthcare is huge. Um, Is there anything that you're doing now or thinking about for the future that um, could really move the needle here in showing up some of those challenges? 
I think, you know, the American College of Cardiology uh, and uh, SKY, the Society for Cardi uh, for Intervention, you know, really uh, have both taken significant strides to sort of bring light to the issue. We've been doing uh, webinars and publishing articles and really translating that into advocacy efforts on uh, both society aspects to really sort of just get people of the understanding that, hey, this is a big deal and it's been going on for a while and it's getting worse. And uh, it's not just, hey, we can't take care of patients with COVID. It's we can't get people basic routine care in some instances. And we've seen data showing that it's hurting our ability to get patients even with acute care emergencies like heart attacks, things like that, the care that they need in a timely fashion that they need. And so uh, I think that first, just drawing attention, which has been a big, you know, like I said, with Sky and the ACC, really drawing a lot of that attention uh, and then translating that into some advocacy efforts to sort of say, hey, we need to rethink how we're doing education for everybody. We need to rethink expectations for our workforce. We need to rethink how we're compensating people. We need to rethink uh, how we are so we're doing reimbursement in general for the medical community because, um, you know, further cuts of CMS, Congress, these types of things are going to further hamper our ability to make the changes that we need in order to try and avert even worsening of the current crisis. And so I think it's really a call to action on all of us uh, to try and support the people doing the work to try and get this to the people making the decisions about uh, Medicaid, Medicare cuts and things like that so that we don't. Uh, kind of go further down the spiral of really losing the ability to provide the care that we've all um, kind of grown to sort of expect, especially here in the United States. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And now thinking about your specialty in particular um, with interventional cardiology, how is the field changing and what are you most excited about? Yeah. So one of the things that's been really, really fun to be a part of and notice is that um, there's a lot of things we just couldn't do for a long time. We would just sort of have to say, hey, listen, your disease is really complex. Uh, we can treat you with medicines, and in some instances, that's great. But in some instances, it really leaves people quite disabled in terms of symptoms like chest pain or shortness of breath, uh, dizziness, just an inability to really do the functional daily living activities that a lot of us take for granted until we get cardiovascular disease. And those limitations were real and significant. And what we've seen over the past five to seven years is we've first seen in a big improvement over the past uh, 10 to 15, even of medical therapy. So the ability to sort of arrest the progression of disease once it's recognized and really help people live longer and live better. So that's first and foremost. Second, our ability to treat disease when medicines either aren't appropriate or aren't enough in and of themselves. And we've seen an improvement in surgical technique for those patients who need bypass surgery. And we've seen significant strides in the ability to stent people uh, with very complex disease. And that's um, sort of where my niche uh, has come into play. I was really lucky to train with uh, one of sort of the premier uh, interventionists to help pave the way and sort of developing some of those techniques. And uh, over the past five or six years after training, really been able to be a part of continued development of that field. And um, we're able to treat so much more now than we were before. We're able to do so many things for people that really we're resigned to, hey, sorry, this is just the way you're going to have to live. We've really been able to come alongside people, meet them where they are, and provide them care opportunities that simply weren't available five years ago. Got it. Absolutely. That's really interesting and exciting to hear for the field. Um, and, you know, when you look ahead, um, what do you think it will take to get there to a more ideal space when um, there's 
treatments and technologies and ability to target patients and provide them what they need. What do you see as still needing to happen um, to get to a, a place where patient care is really elevated going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things is, you know, in, in, in our field, we were able to do a lot, but we still need a lot of trials and studies looking at how applicable this is amongst broad populations. So are there particular patients that would really benefit from this more than others so that we could really tailor that therapy to individuals? Then it's how do we get people who would benefit the care that they need? Right now, it really takes you having to be close to a specialized center that offers these services. So for example, I started a large program in Ohio and we serviced a very large swath of the country for hundreds of miles around in the radius of people that didn't have access otherwise. Um, you know, here we're lucky in the Pacific Northwest to have several of those centers, but there's just large parts of the country that have very limited or no access to advanced cardiovascular care. And my hope uh, for the coming years is how do we translate that to getting people access to that kind of care? Is it being able to get people to these centers? Is it elevating uh, the ability of those services to be performed more broadly? It's probably a combination of both, like most things in life, but I think further education, further training, and then further understanding of what's possible so that we can get people to the right care providers uh, in the right setting and with the right timing. Uh, so I think it's going to be, a, like I said, a combination of increased therapeutic awareness and increased training for our field as a whole. Absolutely. Dr. Riley, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure.